Hello! This is episode 30. Hey friends! It has been a good week. The beginning of a new year and lots of celebrating around our house continues because we got lots of birthdays in our family this time of year, which is super fun and super busy. Okay, so today, what advice would I give my past self, the version of myself that was just beginning this journey of being a special needs parent? And here it is. Spend less time arguing for your hardship and limitations and more time arguing for your choices and resilience. In the past version of myself, I spent a lot of time selling myself on why my life was so hard. But the truth was, was that I was making my hardships mean something about my life. I I was making my hardships mean that my life was unfair and too much to handle. I was making my lack of sleep mean that I would be grumpy for sure the next day and that it would be so hard to show up and be nice for my kids and my family etc and it was unfair you know that was just it my life was hard my life was unfair I didn't ask for this and I remember a time when I was in a deep depression because I just just knew for sure that I would never get to pursue my goals because I was going to be stuck as a full-time caregiver for the rest of my life. And I, that to me right now, that sounds dramatic, but then it was really how I felt. Like it felt like the truth and that was it. It felt real. And with that narrative running in my head, I grew to feel resentful about my life and helpless to do anything about it. And it wasn't until I got help for myself that I started to shift my thinking and that changed everything for me. I had like a few aha moments, but most of my shifting was gradual. And it started shifting as I challenged the ideas about my life that my brain was selling me on day in and day out. And I had no idea. Ideas like, my life is so much harder because of these special needs. I'll be stuck being a full-time caregiver for the rest of my life. Being a special needs parent is lonely. I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do. Where is my help? No one is coming. No one cares. I'm not doing this right. I'm not giving her enough. I can't ask for help because no one will feel comfortable helping. I can't ask for help because no one else can take care of my child like she needs to be taken care of. Only I can. My child will always struggle. The doctors are against me. The doctors are belittling me. They don't understand me. I can't keep track of all of this. I can't read all of these medical notes. I don't understand what they mean. Why doesn't anyone know what is happening with her? This is too hard. I can't do this. Those are just a few of the daily thoughts that I would have during that time. And looking back, I can see that it was difficult and it was hard, but not as hard as I was making it feel. Remember the difference between necessary suffering and unnecessary suffering? Go back a couple of episodes. I think it's episode 28 um, if you need a refresher and listen to that. 
all the above thoughts, now I understand that they were all unnecessary. These thoughts are thoughts of victimhood. When I shifted out of thinking like a victim, I started to feel hope and determination and freedom. Oh, and from that place, I started to take action. For example, I started addressing the no one will help, no one wants to help, or no one is competent thought process. I started to give more time thinking about the possibility that there was someone out there near me that was available, willing, and competent to help. I started to look around for people in my community and church that would be willing to watch my daughter. She was tube fed at the time, and so I needed to look for someone that could do that just so my husband and I could get a date night, which at that time was really important for us. And after some time observing and talking to people, I would ask for help. Would you be willing to watch my daughter so we could go on a date night? Would you feel comfortable doing that? She's tube fed and this is what it would require. I didn't ask that all at the same time, but at some point they got to know all that stuff before they watched her. And there were people that weren't comfortable doing it and would say no. But I kept looking and guess what? I found a few and that was all that I needed at the time. Two. And they both happened to be women that were married to doctors. And I found that this boosted their confidence in watching my daughter just a little bit. Well, one of them, she nannied a child that was tube fed a few years earlier. And she willingly took care of our daughter so that we could go out. And she went on to do that several more times. The second was a good friend whose husband was in medical school at the time. And although she wasn't comfortable watching our daughter on her own, she was with her husband there. And we were so grateful. During one of our outings when this friend was watching our daughter with her husband, um, my daughter's G-tube popped out which can be really scary for someone that doesn't know how, you know, doesn't know anything about G-tubes or doesn't know how to put in a new one. And gratefully, her husband knew how to put them in and take care of it and replace the old one with the new one that we had in our diaper bag. And they did all of this. And then they called me afterwards and he talked to me about it. And initially I felt panicked, but he looked calm. He looked confident. It wasn't a big issue. And my daughter was fine and she looked fine and she was happy and we were able to stay out on our date to allow us to recoup and reconnect and it helped us stay in a good place like emotionally mentally relationship wise and we needed that but I can tell you that if I had kept thinking that I couldn't ask for help or that I didn't want to burden people or that there wasn't anyone that could really care for my daughter I would not have found those two women and their husbands. And I would have never asked. I would have never even asked them for help, even if I had found them. If I hadn't been selling myself on the idea that there is hope and there is possibility in building a bigger village to help me and support me as I took care of my daughter. I want to go back to some of those thoughts that I was thinking that created victimhood in my mind or even a little bit of um, being a bit of a martyr you know I'm, I'm out here doing all of this for her and like I need someone to come save me kind of a thing 
From my experience, though, I can tell you that victims and martyrs, they don't get help. They're the ones that die. Okay? (laughs) And suffer. They don't get the help. They complain and they wait until help finds them. And sometimes it does. Like, and I did this and it did find me sometimes. But it wasn't really the help that I needed. Like, I understand why this is a very attractive option and I don't fault my past self for doing it. And if this is what you're doing, I don't fault you for doing it either. But trust me, it takes a long time. You'll be waiting a long time to get the help that you need. And then if you do get the help, it's not the help that you really, really needed. The help that you really need doesn't just come to you. You have to find it and ask for it. And you are up to the task, I promise. But the cost of asking for it and getting the help you need is letting go of believing that no one is out there to help, that no one cares, that no one is adequate enough to take care of your child. You have to let go of those beliefs because they're just not true. There are people out there. You don't need a ton of them. But they're out there. And you have what it takes to expand your village and find people that can help. That want to help. That are competent enough to be a part of your support system in helping you with your child's special needs. So after breaking through this specific belief for me, which was no one's out there, no one wants to help, no one cares, no one's competent. After breaking through that, it's I started to sell myself on more empowering thoughts after that. Like I can figure out how to work with doctors to help my daughter to my daughter's benefit. Challenging one belief at a time moved me from a life that felt like victimhood to one that felt like resilience and like I had choices choices to pursue my goals and be a good mother and caretaker for my daughter not or and and the same is true for you so spend less time arguing and believing in your hardships and limitations and spend more time arguing and believing in your choices and resilience you will be a different person a more empowered person, a person who enjoys more of her life than she has in the past. If you like what you're hearing, give me a like and a follow, and I'll be back again next week. Take care.